I'm Alex Del Sordo. I'm Alex Del Sordo. I'm Alex Del Sordo, and we have we have just Eddie. It's Teddy Sauer. Needed to France. Eric Marie. It's Mahi Drysdale. It is Sir Matthew Vincent. Thank you for being here. I'm Alex Del Sordo, the Rose Choice, and this is a unique podcast. Now, if you've been paying attention, which I, I hopefully you have been, we've been interviewing coaches and athletes at the highest level, at the lowest levels, high school coaches, college coaches, you name it. But I got something really cool and interesting. So we have our little, we have our ears out there in the uh, in the rowing world. And every time rowing pops up in Google, we jump on it. And we found someone who is the US CEO of a very large company who is a rower. And of course we had to hear this story because in this article, this woman said that she uses rowing as a way to cope with her daily life. And that's what I do. I mean, Jesus, it's terrible fixing boats all day long. I use it to, to, to cope with my world. I have Julie Hansen. She is the US CEO of Babel. So we're gonna learn her story. We're gonna find out where she learned how to row, how she got involved, how she does it on her busy schedule. Cause by the way, it was really hard to get her pinned down for this interview. And we're gonna find out what the heck Babel is, Julie. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to have a conversation about rowing. Appreciate it. Hey, Alex. Thanks for having me. So as soon as you came on camera, I'm like, she looks like a rower. <laughs> you look like a rower. Now, I, I don't like to do a whole lot of research on someone I don't know. I like really want to get into the story. So Julie, where were you and how old were you when you took that first rowing stroke? Well, I live in Pelham, New York, which is a suburb of New York City. And um, we have here an awesome rowing program called Pelham Community Rowing Association. It was a, uh, I guess it's coming on 20 years old actually, um, but founded by some local folks in Pelham who wanted to broaden the sport, bring it to more people. And I was 50. Um, I had recently sold my prior company and I was starting a new job and I just felt like I needed to change up my exercise regime. And I also actually thought that masters had to be 50. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so I thought I would try this rowing thing because it was so early in the morning and that would fit my schedule. So I actually started in the winter. I started right after winter training started, maybe in November. Um, and at the time, the um, PCRA was using rented space with a um, CrossFit gym. And um, I went into this rented space and I entered the first room and I knew that the teacher of the rowing was a woman and there was a guy in there talking. So I thought, oh, that must not be it. So, uh, but people were going into the next room. So I, and there were rower, rowing machines in there, there were ergs. So I went in that room um, and I arrived just in time as class was starting and these, as it happens, both classes started at the same time. And, um, you know, we had these weird like jungle gym things that we were doing in calisthenics and, and then finally there was a little bit of rowing, but it was very sloppy. I was like, that's a rowing class? <laughs> well, it turns out that I was in the CrossFit class by mistake. <laughs> so wow. my second day, I made it to the actual rowing class um, and that's how it all started. Well, thank God you didn't just give up because if I'm seeing jungle gym workouts, I'm like, I'm, <laughs> rowing is not for me. Like this doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. But okay, so you were, you started in your fifties, but like what, so what year was this winter training CrossFit connection? When, when, what year was that? I guess it's five years ago. Going so on 2017, 2018, you, you, you find this. Yeah. Yep. Now, okay. So New York, like, 
did you did you know anything about rowing prior to that? Because if you grew up in the Northeast, rowing is pretty much everywhere. I mean, there it's colleges, it's high schools. Like, what was your background on that side? Uh, I had a lot of exposure to rowing. Um, first of all, I'm five eleven, so my second day of college, uh, I remember distinctly being in line for something or other, and this coach walked up to me and was like, "Have you thought about rowing?" <laughs> Oh, I play lacrosse. Um, oh, you're a you're a lax girl. Oh my gosh. No, I, I didn't get very far in lacrosse, um, and I actually ended up having a awesome college sports career because I joined the golf team after a bit, and um, my school has a spectacular golf course, and that was a really great uh, experience for me. So it worked out well, but so many of my friends were rowers. Um, in fact, one of my um, my roommate was a rower, and her boyfriend was a rower, and he ended up being on the '88 Olympic team in Seoul. Um, so, and it was the best to hang out with the rowers, like after practice. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Hold on! Hold on. Just, just stop! I'm gonna stop you here. Hold on. First off, what college did you go to? I went to Yale. Come on! You went to Yale? I did. <laughs> Julie, gosh darn it! All right. So the '88 Olympic team was a very good team. So who was this gentleman that was in and around your life? Who was it? Um, well, we refer to him as Chewbacca, but he is known as Pete Nordell. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Julie, yeah. you're, you're, you're making me mad here. I mean, you went to Yale. You had some of the best rowing ever at Yale was in the 80s. I mean, men, and it was incredible. It was an incredible time to be rowing. Yeah. You're five foot 11. I mean, if I'm the coach, I would be kicking myself. Like, why didn't I get this woman to row for me in the 1980s? This stinks, man. Gosh, wow. <laughs> well, that's nice of you, but uh, the whole golf, the Yale golf experience is pretty amazing too. So it worked out well. It, it worked out. So you, 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 okay. So do you have like, you're in your fifties, you find the sport, you do Pelham rowing. And it's funny, you start in the erg. Like that that's not very typical in in most rowing experiences. They find it in the fall or in the spring, they're jumping in a boat right away. So were you ever discouraged in the cold winter of 2017 and and just not seeing what rowing could really be? Well, the winter was all right, because I really um I wanted an exercise regime that would be, you know, more fun than me going to the gym and more committed. And so that was awesome. Um, and we got, you know, as you know, the erg is amazing exercise. Um, I learned a lot, great coaching. So it was, that was terrific. Then in the spring, you know, they, we, Pelham goes on the water come April and, um, but there are learn to row programs don't start until, you know, summertime, June. So, um, the coaches said, all right, do you want to row on the water? I was like, well, sure. I mean, that erg, the erg was fine. So that should be fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had no idea how hard that was going to be. <laughs> so I'm very grateful that they're patient teammates. I love that. So the erg was fine. All right. So, okay. So typically, and this is a very typical path that masters take is they get in a single and they're by themselves. They have some 20 something year old kid teaching them how to row, but you had a team. Is that right? So you yeah. you had the Pelham Masters men and women, or was it a mixed team? Like, how, how what was the makeup of the the program? Yeah, it's co-ed, uh, and the you know the coaches handle boating assignments. So on any given day, it could be uh, all women or a co-ed boat. Um, we row a lot of quads. We do have 
I mean, we have a pretty good single fleet too, which was very helpful during COVID. Um, but we do we do some sweeping as well, mostly the juniors sweep. But yeah. um, if we get in the lottery at the head of the trials, there'll be a sudden sweeping frenzy that takes over in the fall. Hundred percent. Now you're you're a CEO. You are are a business leader. How did you take to being part of that team? Did you find yourself trying to be a leader? Was that like a natural progression for you at all? Or did you just take a step back and, and just really be a member of the team? Because I like me naturally, like when I go into a team, like I want to take a leadership role because that's just naturally who I am. I mean, I, I really loved about rowing all of those like business parallels. And so for me, learning when to just actually shut up and listen um, was really helpful. When to receive counsel from many sources, but filter out, you know, because everyone wants to help and has their own rowing bugaboos, but really it's ultimately the coach who can offer you the most value to your stroke. Um, but the, the most appropriate business parallel is that um, lesson about you know if everyone's not doing their best and um, if there's a weak link in the boat everyone feels it and it creates poor performance and resentment and it doesn't work out well um, and such a strong reminder for me that sometimes we have to make those hard decisions in business to let someone go if we if we can't improve their performance which obviously is what we always try first Sometimes they just can't be in the boat anymore and they can be in a boat that's better suited for them elsewhere. They'll be happier and we'll be happier. And you know, that decision in business is always so hard to make, but when you feel it in the boat and the boat is so visceral, like people's emotions are right there. You know the effect that that weak performer, especially when it's someone not trying their hardest the resentment that that creates in the rest of the boat, you know, you know that at least when that situation occurs at work, you as a leader have to take action on that. You know, I, as you said that, I'm reminded of a handful of boats that I competed in over my career. And I know that people listening and people watching this will, will immediately remember those bad moments and those good moments. It's wild. I remember in 2013, I was in a four at the Charles and we made a switch and, and, Thank goodness we made that switch. And it was, and you're right, it's immediate. It's it's an immediate thing. And there's so many high school coaches out there that tune into this and college coaches, they'd have to know when to make that hard decision. You know, they have to remove kids or people from the boats and so on and so forth. Now, in you started in 2017, 2018. Have you done any races? Have you found success competing at the at the master's level? Um, yeah, I mean, we have a, well, the, there's two different questions. Yes, I've done some racing. I'm not sure <laughs> how much, um, the metal closet is not that big. Um, but you know, we've, we've been in some boats that, that won, that was fun. I've never raced in a single, I'm not sure that's a focus for me at the moment. Um, but yeah. And, and by the way, both are fun. I've, really enjoyed, you know, the regatta experience and the, the bonding and the um, anytime you can compete and do your best, um, you learn from it and grow. So yeah, that's a lot of fun. And wow, that's a lot of logistics too. I really came to appreciate the job of the coach. 
Absolutely. Now, most rowers tend to, um, they, they always describe it as a cult, right? All we do is talk about it, though we think about it, breathe it. Has that happened to you? Have you caught the bug where you're like, you're thinking about it so much and you talk about it as, as much as, you know, free time allows? I mean, is, has that grabbed you like so many other rowers I've had talks with? Well, yes, it is a very compelling sport, but on top of that, uh, my daughter is a rower. So, um, you know, the two of us together at the dinner table can be a little bit overwhelming. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna end soon because she goes off to college in three weeks, but um, for the moment. Now, okay, so that means that you started rowing before she did. Is that is that accurate? She started ever so slightly first. Wow. And then uh, Pelham junior rower, right? Yep. And where is she, she headed next? Pelham for three years and then she rode for Greenwich crew for the past two years. Greenwich is the num one of the number one teams in the country. I mean, was she, what boat was she in this past year? She had spectacular timing because she arrived. Um, they were, they were very good and she arrived in time to win the national championship in the one V eight to uh, win the head of the trials. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she had an incredible experience. Oh my God, it's so cool. I mean, we've been following junior rowing for quite some time. And I, I if, if your daughter was at Youth National Championships this past year in a, in a boat this past uh, spring, I saw her at the medal. Like, I'm sure I, she was part of the interview process that we were doing. Um, yeah. yeah, this year they came in second to Chicago. Um, oh, yeah. But last year first and um shout out to c star and heidi those are two really spectacular coaches man that is so cool i love that so where is she headed next year she's still going to stanford oh boy look at that incredible um all right so you're the ceo of a company called babel now tell me about babel like what 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 is the company what is it tell me. we are the number one language learning platform in the world um, when I say platform, primarily we mean an app, um, but we have now in the past two years rolled out a, a live uh, virtual class program so you can take classes with a teacher in real time, you know, on your screen. And um, we were founded in Germany about 15 years ago. Um, we really invented the digital language learning category in Europe. There, there was literally no competition 15 years ago. So grew like wildfire. Um, we use real teachers to create our programming. You know, we really care about teaching you a language. We teach um, 14 languages. We just rolled out um, a product for Ukrainians to learn English, German, and Polish. Um, so yeah, it's about 600, 700 people um, between mostly the Berlin office, the New York office, although we also are opening up a Chicago office here in the U.S. for our B2B product. Um, fast growing company, a lot of fun and very like mission driven before that was the cool thing to do. You know, the, the, the sincerity around making sure you really learn a language, like I can't even describe to you how built into the fiber of Babylonians that is. I, I mean, this is wild to me. You you are also the chief revenue officer of the whole brand. You're the U.S. CEO. You know, I think I'm busy. I mean, how many hours a week do you dedicate to the business and to your job? Well, um, 
I mean, it's not an early stage startup, so I'm, I couldn't tell you that I'm working 100 hours a week. Um, but it's plenty. It's a pretty full-time gig. Um, you know, we don't, we're 15 years old, so we don't, we're starting to behave slightly more like a grown-up company. You know, we are European. It's not a culture of working all weekend. Um, I actually sometimes get in trouble for sending emails on the weekend, <laughs> um, but it's, it's busy. It is plenty busy. So with all that time, I mean, how much time are you in a boat? How much time do you give yourself a week to dedicating to the sport of rowing? Well, we have practices um, usually four weekdays and one weekend most of the time. Um, and then on Wednesdays, I've started working in Pilates to try to balance all of that out. Um, a little bit of stretching is very helpful, you know? Oh, God. I mean, so, so this is wild to me. So you, you have a team that you're dedicated to on the water at practice. You, you commit five days a week to it. And then you also have your day-to-day -day business uh, to, to, to run. Um, what advice do you have for people in your scenarios? Because it's really hard to wake up every morning. Like, what gives you the motivation? Because you're not trying to win races. I mean, I don't get the sense that you're going out there trying to race Masters Worlds or trying to do big competitions. Like, what advice do you have for those folks in a similar space that you're in? Yeah, I mean, maybe someday, Alex, that would be an awesome goal. Um, but right now, I don't think that's realistic for me. Um, you know, I find, for me personally, when there's just, I can, I can push myself to be disciplined about my exercise to a degree, you know, make myself go, drag myself out of bed, what have you. But when it's fun and exciting, that adds so much um, to the motivation. And then I really appreciate about rowing the fact that like you've you've made this commitment that you know the coach is going to put you in a, if you say yes I will be there on Monday you will be in a boat and if you don't show up then there are three other people maybe more who are annoyed and the coach has to scramble and you know that that like commitment is so powerful to me very helpful for my motivation. Whereas, you know, if I don't join a Peloton class on a certain day, there's 10,000 other people who are taking it, they'll be fine. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, really, it's that, yeah, it's that combination of like, yeah, I, have, I wanted to do it in the first place. So like there's intrinsic motivation, then it's fun. Um, I love being outdoors for exercise. So there's that half the year. And then just the idea that you've made this commitment and others are planning around you and like, hey, maybe they're relieved if you don't show up, but <laughs> probably not. So if you've made the commitment, you need to be there. And I, I, last thing you, you didn't mention is like lifelong friends. I mean, my best friends are the people that I row with or have yeah. with and, and it's, uh, it's healthy. I also found that as a CEO of my business, although it's not six or 700 people in global, we're more regionalized. My day-to-day decision-making, my work with my employees has improved dramatically because I have a clear head, I'm exercising, I'm focused, I'm doing something that I absolutely love. Um, last question. So I have three kids. I have a daughter, nine, boy, six, and a boy, year and a half. I caught myself telling him what to do on the soccer field the other day. And I had to step back because like, yeah, that's the coach's job. 
But as a mother who rows, do you ever butt heads with your daughter, maybe giving her advice in a boat or having those arguments or discussions of, could she be better since you are a rower? I'm really nervous. If my daughter rows, I'm gonna be on it all day long because I've been doing it for 20 something years. Do you guys have those discussions? No, because she's so much better than me, but <laughs> yes, we did in other sports. And I actually think that's one of the reasons why she took to rowing. Um, because we tried a lot of sports. Um, we had, we went through a long list of sports and none of them really took, and definitely the sports that were mommy sports, like golf and swimming, you know, a little bit of resistance there. Um, but rowing, since she's always been better than me, always will be, um, there's no advice I can give her that would have any value and she knows it, so that really helps. As a, as a mother, you got to love that, though, watching your daughter grow and blossom and, and succeed. I mean, she's a, a national champion in, in, in rowing is not an easy thing. Well, Julia, thank, Julie, thank you for your time today. I really got I love getting to know the Pelham world of rowing and, and that the fact that you take this time every day, commit no matter what you got going on to be there five days a week. You're um, you're a perfect spokesperson for the sport. And thank you for being here. Uh, thanks very much. I do feel super lucky to, to live in this town and have, you know, PCRA in my backyard. It's a great group of people with a great mission. So it's been really good luck. But um, thanks for having me on. It was fun to talk to you. And if anybody tuned in to watch that lives in that general area, we're going to find or in a link somewhere in here that you can get a hold of someone at Pelham's. I think the biggest entry, the, the difficulty in entering in the sport is knowing where to go. And some people don't know where to go and you can. And don't get confused with the CrossFit gym on the left or on the right. Thanks for being here. Cheers.